Welcome to Culture Eats Strategy. Eats Strategy. With your host, entrepreneur Jamie J. Jamie J. On this podcast, we unpack the most powerful, intangible culture. Culture. Culture is way more than a mission statement or words on a wall. It's how a company behaves. It's what informs every decision, action, and reaction. Culture is the invisible hand, the true north that guides every organization. And if you create a legendary culture, you will build a legendary company. A legendary company. Now, here he is, Jamie J. Hey there, it's Jamie J here with Culture Eats Strategy. Yes, Jamie J, yours truly, your host, excited to uh, present another episode of the Culture Eat Strategy podcast with Anise Kavanaugh. Uh, I, I'm quickly, I'll be introducing her soon. We just had an, a nice um, pre-interview discussion about what we should be talking about. And we got to the point where Anise said, you know what, we should just start recording. <laughs> as, as many of you know, I try to just keep it real. Uh, I am who I am. My guests are who they are. There's not a big uh, teaching or, or, you know, learning curve when you come on uh, Culture Eats Strategy because I want you to try and get uh, real messages through real dialogue and, and at the same time, uh, enjoy the conversation. And as you all know, I really, really, really enjoy learning about culture about uh, turning toxic cultures into good cultures, um, just it, having people enjoy their lives. And, and as you know, I'm not a fan of work-life balance. I am a fan of life balance. Uh, work, personal, professional, all of that stuff is one life. And I say do everything with intention. Uh, if, you're, if you're doing something, be there in the moment. Focus on that. Do that. Move forward. And... Uh, I think you're going to experience a much better outcome, even if it's something that you're not really exactly happy about. And I have to say, uh, as of the time of this recording, it's around the holidays. And so we went ahead and my wife wanted to put some lights up uh, on the house. I was not happy about this. (laughs) This was not, you know, something I wanted to spend my day doing, but I did it. And I'm so glad I did. Because uh, now looking back, at, we're able to enjoy that together and friends or family that come over and get to enjoy the lights and, and, uh, and it comes up in good discussions and it's just, it makes life better. So yeah, we've just had fun with that and I know it's kind of crazy. Uh, one thing for all of you busy professionals out there, especially with the new year coming around the corner as of the time of this recording, um, if you find yourself completely overwhelmed on the day-to-day business... Uh, you might want to look into what it's like to hire a virtual assistant. And uh, selfishly plugging this, uh, bottleneck.online is my company where people come and they hire virtual assistants to support them in all kinds of different things, from bookkeeping to uh, scheduling to emails to booking travel. There's a bunch of things that you can get off, take off of your desk to get rid of a lot of the overwhelm so that you can focus on that high-level activity that brings the business into your organization. So go check that out, bottleneck.online. Without any further ado, let me introduce you to Anise Kavanaugh. She is devoted to helping people show up and bring their best selves to the table in order to create significant positive impact in their lives. 
while feeling great doing so. She's a creator of the IEP method, Intentional Energetic Presence. We're going to touch on that. An advisor and thinking partner to leaders and organizations around the world and author of Contagious Culture. Show up, set the tone, and intentionally create the organization and organization that thrives and the leader you will be. An invitation, a leadership storybook. Top innovators and executives in companies like IDEO, Zingerman's, GM Financial, who I, my loan is through them, uh, Vistaprint, 15.5, Fitbit, Nike, Kaiser Permanente, and others have engaged with Anise to strengthen team health, unlock leadership potential, optimize company culture, and maximize impact. Holy cow, this is like a byline for this podcast. Her latest book, Contagious You, Unlock Your Power to Influence, Lead, and Create the Impact You Want, uh, published by McGraw-Hill, released uh, just this past month in November as the day of this recording. Uh, is, she's the author, and we're going to talk about that as well. So that was a long introduction. <laughs> I apologize, Anise, but I, I wanted to go over that because it's, it's, you're amazing, and I want to let people know what it is that you do. So welcome to Culture Eats Strategy. Oh, Jamie, thank you so much. <laughs> you're, so, you're so kind. And I, I just, I have to say, I know that authenticity is a, is a core value of yours, especially on the show. And I just have to say that how you showed up before in the pre-interview and then right now is the exact same person. And it, <laughs> it, no, I just want to reflect that back. It is so lovely to, to just be with you in this conversation. And, and I have to tell you that I'm now looking out my front patio and thinking, I haven't put Christmas lights up. And now I'm thinking maybe I should. <laughs> um, and I'm also really sitting here in gratitude for my virtual assistants. I have two of them. And I, I, I boy, I'm so grateful for the work that your company is doing and getting people out there because we can't survive without you. Oh, my gosh. Well, <laughs> so thank you. Thank you. And thank you. <laughs> and, yeah. And- yeah, and it, it was painful, and and I know it's it's hard because I the podcasting. What's amazing about them is they're evergreen, so yeah. somebody can cons- be consuming this in July, and they're like Christmas lights. What the? Yeah. But uh, it, I just gave it as an example. I think it's really important. Uh, do you have days like that where you really don't want to do something, but then after you're done with it, you're kind of glad that you did? Yes, yes, <laughs> a thousand percent. And and I would say even if you're listening to this in July, fantastic. This applies to the Fourth of July. This applies to a birthday party. This applies to anything. It's the you know, it's, I, I do, I, I have those times when I go, oh, I really don't feel like doing this. And then it's, and then I think of the bigger picture and I think about my intention behind it. And then I go, okay, well, if I do it, then the reward I'm going to have afterwards, weeks of Christmas lights, or my daughter remembering a really awesome experience or, you know, the workout at the gym, you know, that's another yeah. one. Oh, I don't want to go to the gym. And then you go and it's like, oh, like I'm never, I'm never sorry that I've done something for myself that's going to create a better experience, even if I'm feeling really lazy in the moment and I don't want to do it. Yeah, exactly. So, exactly. Yeah. So yeah. I'll, I'll be putting lights up tonight, I think. So thank you. For that. <laughs> hey, <laughs> well, have fun. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. My daughter, we'll, 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 send, we'll send you a, uh, we'll send you a picture. Oh daughter. yeah, that'll be yeah. perfect. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's great. Well, I, I, yeah, I wonder if maybe you can tell me a little bit more about who you are and what you do. And then maybe we can hop into your book and some of the examples that you highlight in there. Oh yeah. I mean, we, we, gosh, we could talk about so many things. I, so um, I have been a leadership and cultural advisor for about the last 20 years, working with a lot of those companies that you named in my bio. Um, I started my background in kinesiology, working with athletes around performance and moved into corporate health and productivity and moved into healthcare. And the common theme throughout my entire career has been, uh, really paying attention to the way people create change, paying attention to how um, how they take care of themselves impacts that change. 
and paying attention to what I now call your IEP, which is your intentional energetic presence. So very, very long story short, I started my business about 20 years ago. I pulled all of the components that I personally have found to be the best for performance optimization and cultural creation. Um, I pulled all the components together with my background in uh, healthcare and well-being and kinesiology and intuition and leadership and business strategy and all these things, and I created a methodology out of it. And that methodology now is called the IEP method. Um, and it's been uh, running, I think, gosh, we started this in 2003. We named the methodology in 2012, really started playing with the methodology in 2009. And what we've seen is that, you know, regardless of any organization or any industry, if you're a human being who wants to have more impact and also enjoy your life and feel really good doing it, the IEP methodology is something that helps us just bring more intentionality, more energy, more presence. Mm. So, and then that's, and then that's underneath culture. So, you know, just like one, a couple more sentences on it. If I look at my work, when I first started working with people, I worked with business leaders and then they started to want to really look at building their culture. And a lot of people thought that culture was all about, you know, what, what they did. They wanted, they had all these cultural strategies where they thought, okay, well, if I have foosball tables and free lunches and we do group nights out and karaoke nights and, you know, we have, you know, all these different things, then we're going to have a good culture. But what I have found is that while people tend to externalize culture and think that it's happening around them and everybody else is doing it to them, it's actually every single one of us that creates the culture and if you go underneath that and pull the, pull the covers back underneath, what's underneath that culture? It's our intentional energetic presence. It's literally mm. how we're showing up, the energy we're bringing, our intentions for other people, and then how present we are. So that's, well, yeah, it's not just bean bags and beer, right? <laughs> no, it's not. In fact, I, I know lots of companies who have bean bags and beer, and they have terrible cultures. But they're, and they're confused because they're like, well, we're doing all this stuff, but we don't have it. And really, at the end of the day, it's, it's looking at, well, are you being intentional? Are you regarding other people in a really uh, positive and helpful manner? Are you taking care of yourself or are you exhausted? And are you actually present? And if you've mm -hmm. got those things going on now, you've got a much better chance at having a better culture very um, authentically and without a lot of effort. So it's, yeah. it's, yeah, it's something, it's something I find that we all have within us we just get so quote unquote busy with our lives and busy with the pursuit of work-life balance, which I love your attitude about that. I, you and I are very much in alignment with that. We get so busy looking outside of ourselves that we forget to just be quiet and look at, okay, actually, how am I creating the impact in my life? And if I don't love my culture, there's actually a way that I'm creating that. So it comes back to ownership. Oh, yes. Amen to, to the culture <laughs> there. It, it really is. I think, uh, and I love how you came up with this IEP method. That's fantastic. Like, I do think there's, so you, you've heard that saying, do something you love, you'll never work a day in your life. Right. I, call, I call BS on that, but first of all. Um, right. <laughs> however, if you do find something that you love, I, I love talking to people about, I absolutely love it. But there's a certain part of this process that I cannot stand. And mm -hmm. that's the editing and all of that stuff. That's why I went out and got an editor. But I think everything that you do is probably 70, 30, maybe 80, 20. Those really lucky individuals, 90, 10, 90% they love, 10% they don't love. But that 10%, 20%, or 30% that you don't love, you still have to do. And I love that you have this IEP method because you still need to be intentional. 
You may not enjoy it. Like I did not enjoy the thought of having to put up Christmas lights. Right. But but I was intentional about it. And I may have had a, a you know, a frown on my face or pouted a little bit about it. But I did it. And, and we did a good job. We did a right. really good, you know, they're all perfectly lined out. They've got the little plastic things to keep them poised. The same kind of thing. I wonder if maybe you can speak to something like that too, because even in times that you don't that you're doing something that you don't want to do, how do you mean that intentionality, that, that positiveness? Yeah, and yeah. That? I, I, I love that question. I, I, cause, cause here's what I make up about you hanging your lights with, you did it with your wife, right? Yes. What, what's, your, what's your wife's name? Sarah. Sarah. So you did it with Sarah. So here's what I make up about that. You had the intention to put them up and do a good job and everything. However, there was a bigger intention underneath why you did that with Sarah. Hmm. Sarah. So that that's that's the juicy place. So that's because because we all do things that we that we need to do that we might not necessarily want to do them. And if the intention is just to do a good job, that's fine. But what I find and what I make up is that you had a much bigger intention for why you did that with her. And so what what would you say? Like just for I mean I can make it up, but it's more interesting if you just tell me what it is. Yeah. Well, was, to, yeah. to keep her happy. <laughs> yeah. To, yeah, yeah to and, and, but but to spend time with her. Um. But to keep her happy. Right. To keep her happy. So there was a bigger why there underneath your intention. And I think that's the mm-hmm. thing to me when it comes to leadership and culture and anything and creating any kind of change, if we're clear about our intention, if we are connected to our intention and the why that's underneath it, who it affects, what's important about it, if we're clear about that, then everything else becomes so much easier. So, you know, with you, you want to connect with your wife. You want to spend time together. You want her to be happy. You're doing something. It's, it's, way, it's actually way bigger than you and the act that you were actually doing because your intention was of service and of love. Mm. So if you connect there, then all of a sudden that becomes much easier. And, you know, one of the questions we get with people all the time is people be like, well, you know, um, because my, my belief is that you can frame anything into a positive, anything. You know, so in every single situation that's happening, even in the most challenging moments of our lives, there are gifts that are happening. There's learning that's happening. Things can always be worse. There are relationships that show up, like no matter what's happening. And people will often say, well, you know, um, uh, you know, like, well, what, what about doing the dishes? Or I, I don't like doing the dishes or I don't want to pay taxes. Well, okay. You can shift your relationship to doing the dishes and paying taxes if you take a deep breath get connected to your intention for why you're doing that, why it's important. And Oh, by the way, like if you're paying taxes, it means you made money. Yay. If you're doing dishes, (laughs) my buddy wished that I, he goes, Jamie, I hope you have a biggest tax problem ever this year. (laughs) Yeah. 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 It's, 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 it's a great problem to have. It's like, you know, but it, but it's, it's reframing, you know, if you get pulled over by, a police officer for speeding, that officer probably may have just saved your life. You know, it's like, you can find, so if you can connect to your intention in any moment, you know, I get pulled over. It's, it's happened. True story. It's like, <laughs> you got a little bit of a heavy foot, um, but you know, you get pulled over. You, you have that moment where it's like, oh man, I'm getting a ticket right now, you know, and, and instead of being frustrated and irritated about it and actually probably projecting some really negative energy towards the officer, which is not going to help me. Yeah. <laughs> instead, I can go, oh wow, you know what? I'm really grateful that I just got stopped. This may have just saved my life. And I'm really grateful for this officer service right now. So if I can shift that, my energy shifts, and then I'm actually more likely to maybe have them give me a warning. And it's, I don't know why I'm giving you that example, um, but it's 
one, when I think about the things that come up, people are like, well, tickets, taxes, dishes, you know, the heart, raising the lights and all that. And then you can transfer this over to culture. You know, we've got stuff that we do in our daily jobs and in culture that might seem like a pain in the butt. But if Mm -hmm. you actually take a breath and take a step back and start to look at, well, why are you doing it? What's important about it? Who does it affect? That shifts the relationship. And if you can't find the why it's important, who it affects and what, you know, if you can't find that, then it's probably a good sign to start shifting what you're doing in your behavior or to not do that thing at all. I love that. I love yeah. that. Um, um, my good friend, Christopher Lockhead, just, uh, he brought this to my attention. Uh, do you know Ryan Reynolds, the actor? Mm-hmm. The actor. Um, and are you, are you familiar with the Peloton, the commercial? Yes. Did yes. you hear what just happened in that? Uh, you know, I saw something. I, I, I didn't understand. I watched the commercial. No, tell me. Tell me. I don't understand what just happened. I didn't pay that much attention. So Peloton came out with this commercial for the Peloton bike, and the husband okay. bought this Peloton bike. And Pelotons are, are pretty expensive, uh, yeah. from what I understand. Yeah. Um, but he bought his wife a Peloton bike for the holidays. Okay. Totally innocent in my opinion right. i couldn't fault him apparently a lot of people thought this was really sexist and it was really oh. like uh like oh she had to have her husband buy the bike and you know buy the dog. and and i was i didn't get that at all but it, oh. that's what happened and they ended up losing millions over this campaign oh, uh, wow. sales drastically dropped off and so yeah, people were offended to so I track people were offended that the husband bought the wife a bicycle. Uh, apparently that's what I'm, okay. I couldn't okay. figure it out, but yes, but yes, okay. that's what it was. If you get a chance after this, at some point, go, go okay. look at that video. And, and if you find out where it's sexist I, I've or seen the video, I thought it was, I've seen the video. I didn't, I wasn't offended by it. I don't. So, so what with Ryan Reynolds? And even the poor actor, the male actor, he's yeah. a, He's a he's a school teacher, and yeah. they were calling him a, a misogynist and all this stuff. And he's like, "What? <laughs> we were trying to promote health and caring." Yeah. And yeah. Ryan Reynolds got a hold of this thing, and you know Ryan Reynolds, uh, yeah. he's a pretty funny character, and yeah, it's hilarious. Uh, so he felt bad for her, and so he owns a gin company. Uh, they, he makes gin, uh, and so he he actually brought her <laughs> the same actress on a commercial, and and. Uh, and she was sitting down with her two friends and they said, well, here's to Numbo beginnings, you know, and they all cheers. And, you know, she ended up, everybody took a sip and she drank the whole glass of, of this gin. And they were like, oh, it's going to be a long night, you know, but here's to new beginnings. And it was kind of a knock on all the people giving her such a hard time huh. uh, on, on the other one. And I thought we were speaking of that earlier. It doesn't matter. It, it, you can take any challenge or problem and make it better by creativity. Uh-huh. Uh, uh-huh. By offering, you know, an alternative solution that puts you in better light, uh-huh. um, gratitude. Uh-huh. Um, and that came to mind when you were talking yeah. about that. That's why I went off on this little tangent here. But I yeah. thought it's kind of interesting how you can do it with anything. Yeah, well, there's and there's and there's so much fodder in what you just shared. I, I, I'll have to I'll have to look at that again. I, 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 I saw it. I didn't think I didn't have the same reaction that you're having or that not you that the other people had. I didn't yeah. have the reaction. Um and what I think is really interesting is everyone, we all have our lenses and our perspective that we see the world through, you know? And so for any good intention that went into that commercial or the husband doing that for his wife or, you know, it could have been the opposite. She could have been doing it for him. Like any good intention, everybody's going to have their own perceptions and projections. Yeah. And that's another part of the IEP work is being able to um, hold your own space so that when other people are projecting their stuff and their judgment on you, you don't get overwhelmed by it. 
What are some tips you can offer for that? Well, if you look at, if you look at the methodology, there's three different parts of the method. The first part is the ability to reboot your presence in the moment. So it's just, you and I are having this conversation right now. I find myself losing presence with you, or I get stressed out about something else, or I get really offended by that commercial. You know, the, the first step is, can I reboot and just come back to presence and be here hundred percent with you right now? And there's for every single one of these bits of the methodology, there's a, there are frameworks that go with it. And I talk about them in depth in both books, actually contagious culture and contagious you. So there's the first part is rebooting your presence. The second part is building a really solid um, energetic foundation and field, which I'll come back to in a moment. But this is the most important piece, which is really building up your space and your well-being so that you're not as um, uh, uh, impacted by other people's negative energy or projections. So let me come back to that one because that one's super important and a little, a little bit deserves a little bit more attention. And then the third part of the methodology is the ability to create intentional impact, which is actually a five-step framework where if I want to have an an impact on you in my culture and you giving a feedback conversation on my child, having a conversation about drugs, like whatever, any kind of impact I want to have, if I put myself through this framework, I am more likely to have the result that I want at the end of that conversation. Mm. So when you put these three things together all of a sudden you have the methodology and we've got, you know, it's, it's, it's a humongous body of work that's been growing. <laughs> it's, it's, you know, I wrote contagious culture in 2015. I wrote contagious you in 2019 and contagious you. I didn't know what I was possibly going to say. And it, the book actually ended up being um, longer and, and even richer and deeper. And we brought the neuroscience into it, like why these things are actually happening. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, but back to, you know, for your tips, it's like, Honestly, one of the biggest tips I have for people is to make their self-care their top priority. To me, our self-care is our number one leadership skill. It's, it's actually, a, in my mind, it's a responsibility because if I am not taking care of myself and I'm eating crap food and I'm not getting sleep and I'm uh, not being nice to myself and, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, if I'm not doing that and then I'm going and I'm leading other people or engaging with other people, I'm not in my best resource state. And so I'm not able to hold as clean of a container for the people I'm leading. You know what right. I thought was really neat about that? Sure, eating, exercising, that's, sure. that's important. But being nice to yourself, mm-hmm. that's big. huge. Yeah, it's big. If, if I'm not nice to myself, Jamie, how in the world can I hold really great, honest, authentic space for other human beings? Oh, you, can't. you can't. You know, and, and there's, there's two parts of it. It's... Um, the IEP work I always talk about showing up for yourself and showing up for others. And to me, they're equally important, but we actually have to show up for ourselves first so we can show up for others. Yeah. You know, and so I call it, this good selfishness. Yeah, absolutely. Self, self full. So, you know, it's, it's, um, it's a, it's another act of leadership is the ability to be self full in service of living your best life. And then also paying that forward to support others in doing the same. You know, and so if, mm-hmm. if, if I am depleted, not only do I not feel good, I'm also not going to be really great for my kids, for my partner, for my business, for my clients, for the world. And so there, it really is, it does come back to the IEP work at the end of the day. It comes back to how clear are you on your intentions? How well are you managing your energy and taking care of yourself so you can create that impact you want to create? And then how present are you to your life, to the people in it, to your culture, to what's actually happening? And you put those three things together and you keep coming back to them. And now you've got a different conversation in your organization. Mm. Yeah. 
I love that. I think it's fantastic. I think it's, it, you really, really, really do have to take care of yourself. And, and I say this a lot. If, if I don't take care of myself, how in the world can I take care of someone else? As a matter of fact, um, the, the, we have a standard decision-making process within uh, our, our organization, Bottleneck. Everybody writes their own job roles and responsibilities. Oh, great. All the people on staff. Yeah. They have, and I explain it, and this has been in previous episodes, but it, I think for context, it's best that I explain it here. It's like a basketball court. Do whatever you want. <laughs> Shoot three throws and, and run back and forth and pass the ball and dribble it and do whatever. But the second it goes out of bounds, let's blow the whistle, call yeah. a timeout, discuss what happened, and then, and then figure that out and then go back into it. And I feel that... In them doing so, they can make these decisions on their own. Number one, if it's good for the company. Yeah. Right. So full. Right. Number two, if it's good for the staff. And then number three, if it's good for the client. Because if the company's not healthy, right. how in the world can it take care of the staff? And if the staff aren't happy, they're definitely not going to take care of the clients. Exactly right. That's that's beautiful. That's exactly right. Yeah. That's um I, I, I love I love that. It's what it, what do you guys what do you call that? What's that process called for you? It's, it's, it's just our, it's our decision-making process, but maybe we should come up with a name for it, but everybody's allowed to make their own decisions. I think that's a really interesting framework that I think you could create and um, also, and you could create it and then you could share it with your clients that you're, that you're, that you're, um, that you're doing virtual assistance for. You could actually mm. give that as a gift to your clients. It's, it's a cool framework. Oh, thank you. Yeah. That's a great idea. Yeah. Oh, there we go. Yeah, First thing go. in the community. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> a, new, a new framework and a new product for you that you can give to your clients. That's, yeah. It's, yeah. It, it's um, no, it's, 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 you know, it's funny in contagious culture, that book was all about looking at what we're talking about in terms of, you know, how do you create a culture that thrives and how do you, um, how do you do it best together? And the big surprise about contagious culture was that at the end of the day, the culture is you, you know, so people mm. got because they're like, Oh, I want to work on my culture. It was very safe. Like working on my culture is way safer and easier than working on me. Yeah. Right? Working <laughs> on this. <laughs> on all this stuff. So contagious culture, people went, all right, great. I'm going to, I'm going to work on my culture. So they got that book and, and then they got into the book and they went, Oh crap, I'm the culture. Right. But then it was super liberating because if I'm the culture, that means I have control. Like I can actually shift it. If everybody else is the culture, I got no control. Like I've got nothing, I've got no control of anything except for me. So that was what was really fun about contagious cultures. People went, oh my gosh, I'm the culture. Wait, if I make these little tweaks, if I bring the IEP method in, if I do this, this, and this, now my culture starts to feel better. I'm showing up differently. And now we're creating a more positively contagious culture. But then what happened was I was in rooms with people for the last four years and I was going, I was leading the methodology and I was speaking and also, and people would still come up afterwards and go, okay, great. I'm really glad I get it. I'm the culture, you know, creating contagious culture, but give me the list, like give me the list of what to do so I can create a good culture. And, and they weren't fully getting, or not everyone, but some weren't fully getting that really, really, really end of the day, it's totally you. And then there were the other people that really got that. It's totally me. It's, it's me is the culture. However, then they were still having to navigate what I, who I call the Georges and the Georgettes of the world, who are the people who are the lowest vibration in the room, really, really toxic. They think that, um, you know, they, they're, they're actually contributing negative way to the culture, but they think that it doesn't apply to them. Do you follow? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. And so, and, and everyone listening to this, we all, we've all been George, we've all been Georgette. We've all have Georges and Georgettes in our life. None of us are me into it. Um, we are able though, if we have consciousness and awareness around, we are able to navigate it. And so then the other 
group of people that were reading Contagious Culture would say, okay, great, I've got it. I'm doing it. But how do I navigate George and Georgette? So that was the other reason why I went into Contagious You. And I went, okay, so in Contagious You, we actually go into you as a human being and and up-leveling your leadership, your influence, your presence, and all that so you can better manage the Georges and the Georgettes. Mm -hmm. And also how you can actually more effectively change that culture from the inside out. And so that that's the reason for the two, we were talking about that in the pre-show. It's like, that's the reason for the two books together. It's kind of like a bookend so that it catches people and, you know, the two together kind of like are a big hug. Oh, perfect. I think. Yeah. I love, I love that. You, you, you <laughs> oh my gosh, I, you say things so much more eloquently. I, I think about a lot of this stuff. I cannot, share it the way that you do. And so I'm so thankful for that. Because, oh, good. Well, I'm glad. Yeah, it's, it makes it really easy to understand. I, and this, this is going back to being soulful. Um, and, and you can break it down. It, at least this is what I've done in my company. I was ter- I, I don't like numbers. I do not like bookkeeping. I'm not good at math. I just, <laughs> I just don't like anything to do with that. I you know, even terrified saying it, Jamie. You're like, I, I, I don't like the numbers. I don't like the math. Like, it is know. scary to me. Like yeah. I'll get a, I'll get, you know, the, the month report and I'm, I'm like start sweating or I talk with our CFO and I'm like, Oh gosh. And, and now he only talks to my wife, right? Oh, wow. <laughs> he doesn't even talk to me anymore. It. It's good. However, I understand the importance of that. Right. And so we broke it down and I was completely vulnerable. I opened everything up. This is exactly where I'm at. I was so embarrassed, you know, with all the stuff because I didn't really take good care of that stuff. And it's really important. Looking back now, I'm so glad that I did something like that because now I'm able to uh, talk to the team in full transparency. Uh, and you know, we took on a loan that we shouldn't have taken on. We paid it off. I got to announce to the team, we paid it off and it felt good. And I think the team through that transparency without knowing all the details that, you know, I don't need to necessarily confide in all of that, but they have a really good understanding. They're going to listen to this episode yeah. they will hear this, but they, they, I, I feel that they understand that and that empowers them to be a more effective, efficient sure. A part of the team for sure for sure and, for and sure. i think it, i think that's really important yeah i i know i you know i salute you for the um for the vulnerability and the honesty that you brought to your team I, I think that's a really important um leadership skill and then also the wisdom that you had to know like it's not your strong suit and so you've delegated it out and you got help i think that's a really big deal i think that um what occurs to me with your story is even before you shared that and brought that to the team, energetically, I guarantee you, your team and the people around you were picking up on your dis-ease with what was going on, mm. right? So this, this is another bit of culture and leadership is that even when we've got stuff going on in our head and we think we're like managing it and we're afraid to expose ourselves or be vulnerable or to address the thing, you know, the really hard truths about what we're not good at or whatever, even when we've got something going on and we're, we think we're processing it internally, energetically it is getting communicated to the people around us energetically it is having an effect on culture it is having an effect on team they might not know what it is there's a there's a saying um, there's there's a, a rule that i live by which is that intuition is always right mm. our interpretation may be off so if you've got something so when you have that going on your team may have intuited and felt the energy of like something's not right with this like There's something we can't fully lean into Jamie with on this one, or there's something that he's not easy with here. They might not have known what, 
but them feeling it would have created more um, a, a lack of full trust in you. So the minute you actually owned it and stepped in and said, hey, look, here's the, I, you know, I suck at this. I need help here. I've screwed this up and I'm terrified. You know, and oh, by the way, team, don't worry because we're we got a plan, right? Because it's not like you're just going to go, oh, we're screwed, it's over. Like you're not leaving them flailing on the oh, yeah. you know? But it's like I got a plan. I got boats coming, and we're going to figure this out. But I'm going to be really honest with you about where I'm at because, it, to me, you are valuing authenticity and the team health, and then also getting your stuff right so you guys can move forward effectively. Mm. If you hadn't done that, it might. I mean, I don't know, but. Generally, what I see happen is when people don't do that and they continue to try and like cover it up, it just gotcha. gets worse and then it blows up in a really different way. So I, I, I salute you for, for, for the courage to do that. Yeah, thank you. And, yeah. and uh, 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 again, it was, that was extremely difficult for me yeah. to... Uh, for me to do. It was so embarrassing. <laughs> like, yeah. I, and it was a good friend of mine and I'm like, Oh man, here we go, buddy. So here it yeah. is, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And uh, yeah. yeah, so it's, it's, I think that's a, I think that's a big thing with regards to, to leading. Um, I, I want to be respectful of your time. Yes. Uh, you did talk about a solid and energetic field that you wanted to circle back to. Oh, I didn't yeah. you wanted to touch on that really quick. Yeah. yeah, definitely. So, so really quick, the high notes of it are, it, it's looking at, you know, when I look at the energetic field, I look at four different quadrants and you can get more like go get contagious you. This is, I would, I would go, I would get contagious you for people who are, so for, for people who are interested in building their own energetic field and their own leadership and their ability to influence, go get contagious you start there for people who want to start with like building culture, start there. They're there. You're, you're going to want to do both because they complement each other, but it depends on where your focus is mm-hmm. for that purpose of building your energetic field, grab contagious you. And you're going to look at four different quadrants in the energy and presence um, component. And the four quadrants are one, your physical and your environmental well-being. So really looking at the food you're eating, uh, your sleep, your self-care, your environment, who you surround yourself with, what your office looks like, your calendar, looking at anything that impacts your energy physically or environmentally, you're going to want to clean that up. So I go deep into that in the book with a, a ton of different ways to do it. The next quadrant you want to look at is your mental and emotional well-being, your mental and emotional energy, which is the thoughts you think, how kind you are to yourself, your judgments, your blame, your languaging. Um, oh my gosh, your framing, anything that has to do with your mental and emotional well-being and your and your energetic presence there. That we go deep into that in the book. The third quadrant is looking at your vibrational presence, your vibrational energy, which is what you're actually projecting out all the time. And this for me is one of the biggest things that people get the quickest shift in when they start to realize when we walk around, we are wearing energetic name tags that are projecting how we see each other. They're projecting how we feel. They're projecting if we feel confident or not. And people within a tenth of a second are making a decision of whether they like us and trust us based upon our vibration, what we're putting out there. Mm. It's, it's, I go deep into the studies in the book as well, but it's like one tenth of a second is how much time we have to make that first impression. We can change it, but one-tenth of a second. So I go into vibrational presence of what you're actually putting out. And then the last quadrant is really looking at your relational energy, which is the quality of the energy in the relationships you have, you know, the dynamics. Just like I have my own energetic field, my relationship with you has a field, my culture has a field, my team has a field, my relationship my partner has a field. And so it's really looking at, you know, what are the energetic dynamics and are they adding to your field? 
or are they exhausting you? And if they're exhausting you, then there are things to do to clean that up, to like bring that talk to, to get rid of that toxicity. And I go deep into those in the book as well. So those four things you want to look at to build that field out. And it's a lifelong process, Jamie. It's never done. I've been building this body workout for 20 years. I always joke around that I have more work to do than anybody because every single day I see new nuances where I'm like, ooh, that created contraction in my system. I've got to do some work there. Oh, that didn't feel good to me. I got to change that. So it's yeah. never done, which is really fun too, because then it takes care of the pressure and you just have fun with it. It's, it's just like the systems and processes and workflows in a, in a company, right? Yeah. <laughs> They're never done. Yeah. But if we finished done, all the systems, done. the onboarding systems. Okay, we got to tweak them again. <laughs> I mean, you're, you know, the minute you think you're done, you're cooked. So we're never yeah. done. <laughs> you know, we're never done. Got to keep going. Oh. Well, thank you so much for sharing that. Is there anything else you'd like to uh, say uh, before we wrap up today? Because uh, I, I just, I just totally appreciate your time, and, um, and uh, I cannot wait to get contagious. You, this is going uh, to be tremendous add to the library. Yeah, I mean, here, here's a couple things. One, um, a resource for your audience. So, yes, definitely go get the books. Please get the books. I, I wrote them from the bottom of my heart, and um, I, it, it's my, it's my way of contributing as best I can to as many people as possible, as quickly as possible, because we need really good leadership. We need really solid cultures. We're literally, one of the things on my mind is um, we're stepping into a new decade, you know, in like two, less than like two weeks from now, we're heading into a new decade and this new decade, 2020 and beyond, um, it's going to require a different kind of leadership. And it requires every single one of us taking absolute accountability for how we show up and really creating lives that we love. So these books are one way of me going at that, at that conversation. Um, there's a resource your people are welcome to. If they go to IEP.io, they go to IEP.io, they will get access to a ton of different free uh, tools, you know, toolkits and uh, presence guides. And, you know, but then it gets them on my list. Like you guys know the drill it gets on the list and then you'll get articles, et cetera, et cetera. So if you go there, you're welcome to it. Go to anisekavanaugh.com. There's articles and interviews and podcasts. And I, I basically, Jamie, have, um, I set an intention a couple of years ago to make this work accessible to anybody, anywhere, mm. or anywhere from free to they can spend a ton of money on it if they want. And now we've actually hit that goal where if a human being wants it and they want to create change in their life, they have access to this content. So the things I just gave you are some ways to get access to that. Well, thank you. Uh, yeah, yeah, thank you for being champion for bringing us into the next decade and understanding that. And uh, I think it's I think it's really important. And you know, a lot of people do talk about uh, culture. It's yeah. one of those popular buzzwords. But frankly, I'm glad because uh, it, even though people are using it uh, yeah. to get ahead or whatever, yeah. um, I think it's important that sure. this is a topic that people really need to understand. And yeah. and I think it, because of this interwebs and the, the world is getting smaller with, you know, yeah. our, our, the more we can communicate with technology and things like that. I think people need to understand this. I agree. And, I agree. So, I, agree. Yeah. I, I thank you so much for the, for having the conversations that you're having around culture. I think that, you know, at the end of the day, we're all the culture together and, you know, uh, all the different conversations and perspectives and how that gets formed and how it doesn't get formed. I think every single voice is so important. So thank you for bringing so many voices together to have this conversation, including mine. 
Yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely my, my honor. And, and uh, it's just a privilege having you on. So thank you so much, Anise. And um, I'll go ahead and wrap up. So hang on one quick second there. Um, Go check out Anise Cavanaugh. That's A-N-E-S-E-C-A-V-A-N-A-U-G-H dot com. Anise Cavanaugh. I'll go ahead and put everything in the show notes. So by all means, if you're driving right now, don't worry. The show notes will still be there when you get back. Uh, you can go and check them out. Uh, go to Anise Kavanaugh. And then you might want to go check out IEP.io. IEP is the IEP method, Intentional Energetic Presence. Go check that out for some unbelievable free resources. And definitely go look at uh, Anise's books, Contagious You, Contagious Culture. And uh, I'm definitely going to go get Contagious You. I think that's the one that uh, I, I'm going to be focusing on learning about the four quadrants uh, and how we can unlock the power to influence, lead, and create the impact that we really, really, really want to create. So uh, thank you again for tuning in. Uh, Anise, thank you for uh, sharing your time all the way from lovely California. <laughs> My pleasure. Um, have fun putting up the lights if you do. Um, <laughs> yes, I will. Thank you for that. <laughs> You're like, I'm going right up. <laughs> well, it's pouring rain right now. It just started pouring rain, so I might, I might get a pass. I don't yeah. know. We'll there, see. There you go. All right. Well, uh, again, my name is Jamie J, uh, host of Culture Eats Strategy. Don't forget, if you're overwhelmed, go check out bottleneck.online. You can check out this episode and all of our others at culture.bottleneck.online or just Google Culture Eats Strategy and you'll find us. Uh, So thanks so much for tuning in today. Have a great one and uh, we will talk to you soon. Go out and get Contagious You. Go get it right now. We'll put a link in the show notes. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Bye for now.